Well, hello there. In today's episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about why the tension that you feel in your muscles is a little bit like that security blanket or teddy you might have had when you were a kid. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So hello and welcome to this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. As I mentioned in that sort of quick little intro, we're going to talk today about why physical tension in your body acts a little bit like the security blanket or the security teddy that you had when you were a kid and why just like we wouldn't sort of snatch that security blanket off our toddler, we don't really want to do that with tension either. It's not enough just to make it disappear. And we're going to talk about why that is. Before we dive too too sort of deeply into that, though, I do want to let you know about a free workshop that I'm running in March. Um, So this is going to be a 60 to 90 minute workshop. I'm not selling anything at the end of it. It's just purely to share some information with you and to share a practice with you around somatics, which is a big part of what we're going to be talking about today. So in the workshop, we're going to talk about why somatics might be the missing piece to that persistent tension puzzle, why we really need to consider the nervous system when we're looking to shift chronic or persistent tension, and how we can kind of balance out these factors of needing to build in stability while also finding ease, and how we can actually do that on a practical level. So we're doing this workshop on something Thursday to think for a second there Thursday the 4th of March at 10 a.m Melbourne time so Australian Eastern Daylight Time there will be a recording so if you can't join me live still sign up and you'll get that recording sent straight to your inbox within 24 hours of the the um, session itself and I'm also going to share a full length somatic class with you as well so that will be delivered to your inbox at the end of the session too so Super excited if you can join me. The link to do that is in my bio. So just head to the, not my bio, I'm not on Instagram right now. The link to join is in the show notes. Uh, So you can find that there. Although if you are simultaneously on Instagram, you can also find it in my bio. So let's dive into today's topic. Why that muscle tension is very similar to a security blanket. So let's revisit this sort of base idea that Your brain wants you just to survive. That is the number one goal of your brain, is to keep you here. And one of the things that the brain is always doing is sourcing information, both from internal to ourselves and external, based on the things it can see, the things that we hear, the things that we're sensing, to make decisions about how safe we are. And we are, unfortunately... (laughs) maybe unfortunately, wired to look for threat. And so this is sometimes why it feels like it's so much easier to kind of like be aware of the things that are going wrong or the things that aren't going in our favor, 
because we're literally wired to look for threat because threat is what we have to mitigate as humans to stay alive. It's what we, what we need to survive. One of the things that your body will do if there is a sense of threat is will, it will change what is happening on a physical level. So we know this in terms of, you know, if you get a fright, you know that your heart starts beating more quickly. We know that we get that sense of like being able to move with maybe a little bit more speed or freezing in the moment. Uh, we know we get sweaty. We know that, you know, maybe our stomach starts to churn. We have this physical reaction to things that happen in our environment. And one of the things that can happen is that we get tense. Now, your body is going to create tension, like your brain literally will create tension in the body if it senses that it needs more support. So, you know, as humans walking on two feet, we want to be in a, in a situation where we're stable, where we're supported, where we don't just fall flat on our face every single time we take a step or we don't fall off our chair when we're sitting at our desk. We need stability to stay upright. And if your brain senses that you don't have the stability or that you're not like, yeah, I guess that's the best way of saying it. If your, body, if your brain kind of senses that, hey, you know, Erica doesn't really have the stability in this position, we better create some, then it's going to introduce tension. Or if we feel threatened in some way, you know, you know that when you start to get scared, your shoulders go right up around your ears. When you feel stressed, when something is stressing you out, you clench your jaw, you pull your belly in, you do all these things that create safety, <laughs> right? Like it's protecting you physically to be a little bit less mobile. So what we know then is when we're experiencing persistent tension, there is a purpose to that. As far as our brain is concerned, it is creating safety and stability for us. And so this is often why we can stretch for days, we can stretch for years, and yet give us a minute and we're back to feeling really tense. And that is annoying, right? <laughs> it's so frustrating. You can think, I'm doing all the things, and yet here I am still feeling sore and tense and frustrated. Because the, the thing is that, you know, and I've been here, I used to suffer from really chronic uh, neck and shoulder tension, like to the point where it was just painful, you know. Um, and massage therapists and, and even acupuncturists would be like, you're literally like a rock. And the piece of the puzzle that I was missing back then is, is what I want to share with you now. We can't take that sense of safety away from our body, that sense of stability and security that the tension is affording us and not expect it to come back if we haven't introduced other ways for us to feel safe and supported and stable. So one of the things that I do and, th and that I work with, this is one of the reasons why somatics is such a huge part of what I do, because in somatics, we're really directly communicating with the nervous system, which we always are, right? There's no, it's not like you, it's not like you can get around communicating with your nervous system. Your nervous system is always picking up information. So we can kind of use nervous system and brain a little bit interchangeably in the way that I'm talking about it today. So your nervous system is always picking up information. 
And I have totally lost my train of thought there. Right. So why why is somatics so important? So somatics allows us to be very intentional about tapping into that capacity of the nervous system and proving essentially our capacity to move through certain ranges with ease and skill. And so what that does is it says to the nervous system, hey, you don't have to hold on so tight. You can find more ease here because we just kind of proved to you that we could do that. And that's a really simplified explanation. We'll go into this a little bit more in that workshop that I talked about with some visuals as well, which is helpful. But essentially somatics allows us to find that ease in a way that isn't just tissue level. It's not just at the muscles. It's not just kind of stretching the muscles and and hoping for the best. We're doing it in a very specific way that allows us to communicate with the nervous system in a way that helps us. The other part of that, though, is that if we're eliminating the tension, what stands in its place if that tension was providing us with that sense of safety and stability? Now, you might not be conscious of the fact that it's providing you with safety, stability, um, and, and security, that might not be a conscious thought at all. And in fact, I'd argue that it probably very rarely is because we see it as the opposite. We see it as a threat a lot of the time. We see it as something that we need to, to fix. And so how do we build in stability, safety, security, so that those muscles, once they can find ease, don't feel like they have to automatically switch back on to provide that stability that we were lacking in the first place. Now, that stability can come from a lot of different places. Breathing well is one thing that will actually provide that sense of stability and security to the body. So it might be that, you know, there's nothing structurally going on that's all that problematic, but you're not breathing very well. And when we don't breathe well, that is a direct line to the nervous system to say, hmm, maybe something's not great here. We have to be on on a bit of alert. And so sometimes just introducing good breathing practices can be enough. Finding ways to work through stress and to work with stress so that we're a bit more resilient to to those those inevitable things that are going to come our way. So that's one thing. The other thing is that oftentimes we've lost or temp- you know temporarily misplaced the reflexive stability that exists in our body. So our core theoretically should reflexively support us as we move through the world. But by, because we all have movement habits that we've developed over years as we've tried to, you know, protect injuries as we've created habits that just sort of throw us out of alignment a little bit, like the way that we sit at our desk, the way that we carry our kids, all of that sort of stuff creates these imbalances. And sometimes those natural kind of habitual reflexive support systems that theoretically could and should exist in our body get replaced by something that we've trained our body to do. And a really good example of this is a core that has stopped reflexively supporting us and instead we're getting that support from our low back or our hip or even our shoulders. The support is necessary. So if we're not getting it from the place that might make the most sense from an anatomy point of view, we'll get it from somewhere else. 
And so you find these like funky little tightnesses that you're like, why would I be tight there when it, and, you know, that part of my body has nothing to do with go- what's going on. And we start to see how all of, all of those parts of our body are very connected. And so oftentimes when I work with clients, I'll, you know, we'll discover that their hip is not really functioning like a hip. It's functioning more like, um, or their back rather is, is functioning more like a hip rather than their hip doing that job, or they're using one glute to do all of the stabilizing and completely bypassing everything else, or their shoulders are unable to disengage from movement at the upper back. So there's all these things. So being able to then introduce support into the most appropriate places then helps us to be able to like let go of the tension that's helping us create support when maybe it's not the best place for us to be finding that support in the first place. Now, I want to pause for a second because that's a lot of information. Um, And this is not generally how we are taught. And so maybe a lot of this is new. Maybe it's not, though. Um, But I want you to, you know, take from this what what you will today. Um, But just consider that you know, if you if you've ever had a kid near you, it doesn't have to be your kid. If you've ever had a kid near you who has some sort of security toy or blanket or dummy, even pacifier, that for them is creating a sense of safety. We would not just rip that thing off that kid and expect the kid not to dissolve into tears and tantrums we would know that it was coming. (laughs) And your tension is really behaving in a similar way. It serves a purpose. And yes, it might not be a particularly useful purpose from the way that it makes you feel right now, but we have to acknowledge that it is serving a purpose so that as we work to shift that tension from the body, we're doing it in a way that takes into account what that is giving us in the moment so that then we can build up what the body, what the brain needs to feel that sense of safety, to feel that sense of stability, so that then we don't have to hold that tension. Because when we have the appropriate stability, when we've got the the the, um, the tools and the resources and the skills, I guess, to to execute on movement and and start to really develop that reflexivity again, because we can find it again, we just have to retrain it then those tense muscles that are stepping in to make up for that lack of stability, they don't have to hold tight anymore. And so it's just almost like training ourselves. It's training our brain, training our body to recognize that we're actually okay and that there isn't that need for chronic held tension. I'm going to leave it at that, I think, because that was a lot of information. As I said at the start, my free workshop coming up on the 4th of March will go over a lot of this and I'm going to provide some visuals. We're going to actually do a practice as well so that you can feel how some of this works. Um, And I'll be giving you access to another free class as well so that you can go a little bit deeper into the actual movements than we'll be able to in the session. So there will be a replay for that. Sign up even if you can't make it live and I will send you the replay. You'll find the link to sign up in the show notes or in my bio over on Instagram. And we're going to really dive into, you know, how we can actually do this in a really practical way, because you might be thinking this sounds really complicated. And in some ways 
it is complicated. It's a bit like a puzzle. You know, we have to go back and forth a little bit and figure out like what we need. But in other ways, it's really simple too, because we're just remembering, I guess, where we started. This is how babies develop their strength. This is how, I mean, it's what we're made for, really. Um, So it's just re- finding what we are doing and and kind of working our way backwards. So yes, it might be complicated, but I know you can do it. We can all do this. Um, And I want to show you a little bit more about how, give you a bit of a felt experience around it so that, because I really find that once we feel that, that can be one of those things that just drives us to doing more. Because as we know, and as we talk about probably almost weekly here on this podcast, motivation is not enough to make these changes. At some point we get so fed up with feeling tense that we will do something, but you know, we can't rely on motivation to keep us moving towards the way that we want to feel because it is easier not to change. That's the reality. It's comfortable. It's, it's known. It requires very little effort. And so I want to show you so that you can, I want to help you feel that so that, you know, you know what you're moving towards. So head to the link in the show notes to register for that workshop. It's on the 4th of March at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. There will be a replay. If you have questions, you know, you can come over and find me on Instagram at Erica Web Yoga. You can always email me as well. Uh, That's Erica at EricaWebYoga.com.au. And until next week, keep being kind to yourself and I hope you're doing great. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.